Hey, what's up? It's Zach Neal. How you guys doing? One of the things I hear talked about a lot these days is disadvantage, specifically people talking about being born into disadvantage and how they would love to use this as their handicap to make an excuse for everything that they haven't accomplished and everything that they're not always boils down to them being born into some sort of disadvantage. No, I am certainly not going to say that there's no such thing as disadvantage because I myself was born into disadvantage. Probably sounds kind of funny coming from a white male, right? But the truth is, compared to my peers and the people I was around, I was born into disadvantage. I was born into poverty. I was born into a house where I was surrounded by drugs and alcohol. I was raised in a religious cult. I didn't have the opportunity or the luxury of going to college or to better schools. I wasn't afforded the same luxuries or the same privileges that other people around me were. I didn't have health insurance until I was long an adult in my mid-20s before the first time I ever had proper medical care. So with that said, I understand disadvantage. There are many other people that were born into way worse disadvantage that I could ever fathom. My life compared to some would seem privileged, but my life compared to many would seem disadvantaged. And the biggest thing you have to remember about disadvantage is we need to acknowledge it. We're not denying it, okay? We would never, I would never sit here and deny disadvantage. You want to talk about white privilege? That's a hot button issue. It absolutely exists. Of course it exists. You have to be a fucking moron to think that white privilege doesn't exist. If you don't believe in it, let me break it down for you really quick so that you can understand what it is. It's simple. The majority, I mean the mass majority, like more than 90% of our country from, from its inception until modern day has mostly been predominantly white. That means that like at this current time, I think 80% of the population or maybe even greater is still white. Most of the, most of the history of our country has been predominantly, massively white. That's a majority rule society, and that's what we live in, majority rules. We're a democracy. The most votes win, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, maybe not for the presidential election, but you get the idea. When you live in a society that is predominantly white, there is going to be white privilege because you have every all the lawmakers, everybody making the rules, everyone making it up is white, and so they're going to do things that are white-friendly, right? The problem with that is that there shouldn't be a white and black and Hispanic and, and you know Asian friendly. There shouldn't be anything that's friendly to any race. We should just be identifying ourselves as the human race. But that's a different podcast and a whole different story. So to deny something like white privilege, you'd have to be a moron to deny it. Of course, it's real. Gender inequality is real. The wage gap is real, right? All of these different things are real. Financial inequality, massively rich to massively poor in this country. All of these quote unquote disadvantages are absolutely real and we acknowledge them. But now how the fuck do we move on from it? How do you move on from it from a person as a person? How do you move on from it? So let me tell you my own truth. Okay. I can't tell you your truth. I'm not black. So I can't speak to you from the position of a black person. I'm also not a minority. So I can't speak to you from the position of a minority. I'm not a woman. So I can't speak to you from the position of a woman. I can speak to my own disadvantage, what I was born into. And I can speak to you about how it should have affected me versus how it did affect me. So because of the way that I was raised, because of the atmosphere that I grew up in, where I watched my brother overdose on drugs when I was five years old, and I watched him piss his pants and die in the drive in the driveway of my house. And I watched ambulances and, and medics come and revive him, right? When I saw my father fist fight my brother frequently and punch him in the face and knock him over the back of a couch and bust his face open because my brother was high on crack cocaine and threatening my family. 
when I was locked away from television and radio and outside communication with the world outside of the religious group, when I didn't have health insurance until I was 26 years old for the first time in my life able to get proper medical care of any kind because I never was afforded the luxury of having medical care or health insurance, I can speak to you from my disadvantaged position because from my position, everyone around me was doing miles better. Now again, my story compared to some, I might seem like I had a privileged life compared to some people who were born to crack babies and living in, you know, squalor or homeless, I might seem like I was rich. But to me, in my world, in my circumstances, I was very underprivileged. Because of the way I was raised, because of the things that I went through, because of the atmosphere that I grew up in, I shouldn't have accomplished anything. I should have grown up to be poor white trash. That's, that's what I should be today. Instead, I made something out of it. Instead, I used that, that disadvantage as a massive advantage. And that's what I'm here to tell you today. Your disadvantage is actually the biggest advantage you could ever have. And, and if you don't see it that way, it's because your brain's fucked and you need to unfuck your mind. That's all that's going on. You're just not seeing things clearly for what they really are. And you can talk shit and you can say, well, how the fuck can you say that, Zach? Because you don't know what it's like to be me or what it's like to be this. And, and right back at you, man, I don't know what it's like to be you. I don't know that path. But what I do know is that there have been some fantastic examples set in every single disadvantaged group. There, let's say that today I represent the financially disadvantaged, right? The socially disadvantaged. I was raised in a cult, so a very abnormal situation, and I was financially disadvantaged. So I represent poor people. So I'm a story and an example of what you can do if you set your mind to it when you don't allow your disadvantage to cripple you, but instead use it to strengthen you, that you can rise up and become something. There's, a, there's so many examples of women defying the gender inequalities, defying the wage gap, rising up, owning companies, being powerhouses, CEOs, public fucking officials. I mean, there's, there's so many good examples of it, but yet women will cry about inequality and how they can't rise above because there's a man standing in their way. Meanwhile, you've got like some other woman that's just blowing by the pack, paying no attention to it, going all the way to the top. You have it with minority groups. You have black people that want to talk about disadvantage of their skin color. And then you have Barack Obama. You have and a million others and a million athletes and actors and entertainers and business moguls and millionaires and billionaires and, you know, kings and rulers of nations that all share a darker skin color that have made it. But then there's always going to be those naysayers that say because of your disadvantage. So again, we acknowledge disadvantage. To say that there hasn't been racial inequality in this country would be ignorant. Of course there has been. There absolutely has been white privilege. There absolutely has been um, gender inequality and a wage gap and social inequality and financial inequality and people like me that were poor, having people that lived three miles away in mansions and no middle ground or even an opportunity for me to rise in there, right? So we acknowledge that all this stuff is real. Okay, so now you now you acknowledge it, it's real. What the fuck are you supposed to do with it? Here's your answer. You do nothing with it. You do nothing with it. You don't give it a second thought. Here's why, and I'm going to make my point right now. Here's why being born into disadvantage is the greatest advantage you will ever have. Because when you're born poor, or when you're born a minority, or when you're born a woman in a man's world and all these different stereotypes and analogies that we can put out there of all the different things that would make a person disadvantaged. When you're born into that, you have no choice but to be stronger, smarter, faster, better, and fucking hungrier. 
My poverty made me hungry. Being around people who had more or what I considered at that time to be a better life or better things or whatever made me so hungry for something more. Every time someone looked down on me, which was often, I could see it in their face. When someone looked down on me or my family, it made me so hungry and it impassioned me to go forward and be better. In my life now, I have known and still know many trust fund babies many rich privileged people that were born into wealth and i know them across genders and i know them across races i grew up with with two kids um, their parents were from trinidad the black family the father had a mega job the mother had a mega job these people were rich they had matching white mercedes they lived in a mini mansion they you know this was like in the 90s they probably realistically at that time each of them probably made well over two hundred thousand dollars a year each so for all intents and purposes, they were fucking rich, right? And going to their home and being friends with their sons and spending a lot of time around them made me want that lifestyle so bad because the contrast in comparison to my life was so drastic. But their kids, as we got older, turned into total fucking delinquents. Drugs, alcohol, prison, the whole nine yards best educations, best schools, rich family. Why did they go south? Why did they turn to the dark side? Because they were bored, because they weren't hungry. They had no fire. They had no salt. They didn't want anything. They grew up in a household where they were literally given anything they wanted. Every new gadget that came out, every new video game system, every new device, every new bicycle, skateboard, you fucking name it. The best of the best brand name clothes, living in a, in a house where they had maids and housekeepers, they were raised in such a way that they never wanted for anything. So they had no hungers and, and having no hunger leads to boredom. Most of the time, these wealthy kids, rich kids, trust fund kids, they they turn to drugs and alcohol or abusive situations or abusive lifestyle and behaviors. It starts as, to, as out of boredom because they have no identity. They have nothing to strive for. And so the boredom leads them to other things. And then that boredom and that lifestyle leads to depression. And a lot of times it leads to suicide or mental health issues. And so... And I've known plenty of white kids in that boat and, and girls and boys. And I used to know a girl was friendly with a girl whose father was very wealthy and she got every single thing she ever asked for, got it handed to her whole life, grew up with the silver spoon, completely up her ass, never really had to work for anything. So never really wanted anything bad enough to work for it. And when I look back over my life now, guess what I would change? Not a fucking thing. I wouldn't change anything because without that struggle, without that hunger, without that fucking fire building in me to want something, I would have never accomplished anything. When I was a kid, it was easy to look and go, God, I wish my parents had money. I wish that I was wealthy like this family. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. And had I had all those things, I might have ended up being a giant fucking loser because I wouldn't have had the passion. So you talk about, and I don't care what your race is, you could be black or Hispanic or Asian or white or Indian, it doesn't matter what you are. When you talk about race, you just think about it like this. I love using Barack Obama as an example because he's current, but he's also a shining example. So this is a black guy, right? <laughs> this is a black guy in a predominantly white country that comes from a broken home, living in Hawaii with a father from Kenya, Africa, whose name is Barack Hussein Obama in a time where anything that has the word Hussein or sounds Middle Eastern is taboo in our country because of terrorism. And this guy becomes president of the United States. Do you think that his focus point throughout his life and his, his career, do you think that his focus point was his skin color? Do you think that his quote unquote disadvantage being black 
was ever an issue for him? Well, I bet it was an issue for other people. See, other people probably used that as a way to try to hold him back, but he kept persevering and he kept pushing forward and he kept going. And despite any time that he faced racial inequality, despite any time that he faced someone trying to inhibit him with a disadvantage, he said, fuck that. And he kept going forward until he was the fucking two-term president of the United States and probably one of the most beloved presidents of all time, right? Love him or hate him, everybody has a soft spot for Obama. I didn't really like him that much when he was in an office because of his policies, but I like him as a person. And now I would give anything to get that guy back for eight, eight more years. But anyway, that's beyond the point. So when you talk about disadvantage, other people will try to use your disadvantage against you, but that's their fucking problem. See, that's like the classic, like racist white guy tries to hold down black man because of his racism. This isn't the fucking 1950s. This isn't the 1800s. That shit can't happen anymore. Like you can't be held down because you have a fucking voice and you can rise up and do what the fuck you want. So you see the hunger that comes out of the black community. Man, I see it so much and I respect it so much because on so many levels, I identify with that. Obviously, I don't identify with being black, but I identify with that struggle of being disadvantaged, of being poor, being, you know, I always say like, why was Eminem accepted as like the one white rapper that everybody seems to accept? And because he came up in very similar circumstances to what a lot of the hip hop artists of that day came up in growing up in a ghetto, being poor. It's kind of like the common code of the disadvantaged, right? People who come from disadvantage understand each other. Minority groups are more likely to understand each other than they are to understand the rest of the world. And so I've always felt that kinship with a lot of those stories. So when I when I look at the black community, I identify with some parts of their struggle and what they've gone through. Not all, because I'm not black and I don't have that path, but I identify with some of it. And the parts I identify with are when I see black athletes, black business people, black entertainers, black actors and actresses, black directors, right? Black technology designers. When I when I see these people, there's a common thread that I see, and that common thread is drive fucking unreal drive. And I recognize that drive. See, for me, I can always tell a black dude that came from like upper middle class or from wealth from one that came from nothing. Because the one that came from upper middle class or wealth, generally, not not as a rule, but generally, they're not as hungry or they're not as driven as the guys that came from or the girls that came from the poverty, from the ghetto, from the struggle, right? These fucking people are so empowered and so driven for success. And then you see it. People, you know, there's this whole like white guy thing. And like, you know, it's like a taboo thing to talk about is why are all the athletes now the best athletes? Why are they all black? Is it, is it genetics? Is it this, is it that? To me, I don't, my answer is honestly because they're more driven than any white athlete could ever be because white athletes for the most part did not face the same level of of struggle that the black athletes face for a lot of these guys and girls the only way they could go to college was on an athletic scholarship which meant that it wasn't a matter of practicing because they wanted to be good it was a matter of they had to practice every fucking day because otherwise they couldn't go to college there was no other alternative for them the only way to get out of the bad place or the only way to get out of the poverty the only way to make their lives better was to practice fucking six hours a day, seven days a week and take no breaks and work. Meanwhile, 
Chip and Steve, white dudes down the street whose parents make $150,000 a year and they've had a college fund set up since they were four, well, they play sports for fun. Maybe they get a partial scholarship for academics and they don't really give a fuck because they're not in it to win it. They're just in it to go along for the ride. So these guys and these girls are hungry, fucking really hungry. So they work and they drive and they strive for the best. And it's not just athletics. It's in everything they do. I came from the music industry, right? And so back in the 90s, hip-hop artists were the first ones. These are the first fucking people to do, like, the true 360, like, entrepreneurial thing with their music careers. Like, they would drop an album, and then, like, three weeks later, they drop a fragrance line in, like, Bloomingdale's or Macy's or somewhere. And then they drop a clothing line, and it's like, what the fuck didn't P. Diddy have or Puff Daddy, whatever guy goes by these days... What the fuck did that guy have in the 90s and the early 2000s? He had like multiple TV shows. He had a clothing line. He had a fragrance line. He had a fucking alcohol line. He had a label. This guy was diversified. You want to talk about a kingpin businessman. And so here I was in the music industry and and rock and roll guys, they just weren't doing that. Like white dudes were just like strumming guitars, smoking weed and growing their hair out and not, you know, and that's why they all tanked. They all failed out. As soon as the record deal stopped, they had nothing to fall back on. A lot of those 90s rockers, you could find them living in like some shithole house in like, you know, Indiana now or something because they have nothing. Because they're broke. They didn't think ahead. But the hip hop world, those guys and girls were fucking hustling. And then not only were they hustling the entire industry, but then they'd be on each other's tracks. Everyone would be on everybody else's track and always boosting each other up and splitting royalties and publishing. And then they'd be doing all these other things And I remember admiring that. And I used to tell people when I was younger that I was going to be the white puff daddy. That was like my thing. Like I admired him so fucking much. Never really cared for most of his music, to be honest, because I just was like, he just remixed a song that I liked and made it worse. (laughs) No offense, puff, but I admired his business acumen so much. This guy was a fucking gangster, like for real. There wasn't a damn thing that that guy wasn't doing and doing it well. Everything he did, he was good at. Like, everything that guy touched was gold. His clothing line was awesome. His fragrance line was awesome. His alcohol lines were awesome. His TV shows were awesome. Everything about that guy was just dynamite. He signed awesome other artists and rappers. He made great music videos. He just was like the guy, right? And he set a tone. and Everybody else was doing that. So that was like the hip-hop community was the first community to really fucking jump all over like the industry as a whole and take it way further than music and then they'd be in movies then they, all the hip-hop artists you'd be seeing them pop up in movies you see them pop up in tv commercials fucking everywhere everywhere and it made me think like man in this regard black people are winning at a level that like white people aren't even thinking about and why is that no struggle man no struggle no disadvantage no disadvantage means no extreme hunger no extreme hunger means no extreme drive to eat drive to win drive to succeed nothing to prove just fucking lazy entitled white kids right and i'm not shitting on my own people because there's plenty of hard-working fucking white people that have had it way worse than me and plenty of people deserving of their position i'm not shitting on white people please don't get me wrong i'm not shitting on anybody but what i'm saying is respect the disadvantage that is why the black community is producing in my opinion where i think it's undisputable the best of the best right now we're producing presidents we're producing athletes producing entertainers actors business moguls companies tech 
in every industry, there they are rising. And it's impressive because they're a minority, right? Black people are still a minority in this country, and they're a disadvantaged minority. These, this is a group of people who have been underprivileged in this country, held down and oppressed by the society that they live in for hundreds of years. But yet they thrive because of that fucking disadvantage giving them struggle. So I've gone way off on a tangent. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm really passionate about this subject because I feel it's now it's like the same way with like the migrants and the immigrants coming into this country. They're coming here impassioned. They're coming here with drive. So they're like, look, today, it's like that Kanye song, you know, today scrubs the floor. Next week, it's the fries. Today, they make your French fries. Tomorrow, they own your shopping centers. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is how the mindset of someone who has disadvantaged thinks. Motherfucker, you better be afraid. If you're a lazy fucking white dude, you better be afraid of that wall not getting built. You better be afraid of the immigrants coming here because they're going to come here like my grandfather came here. My grandfather came here on a fucking farmer's boat with, with livestock, didn't speak a lick of English, didn't have a nickel, and his name was barefoot and homeless when he arrived in New York City and spent a whole winter homeless trying to find somebody who spoke his language, right? Couldn't Also couldn't read or write. He came here fucking hungry. He came here hungry. That same guy that never read or wrote, never attended a single day of school in his entire life, had no education, didn't speak English, was by all things considered a dirty immigrant. That same guy retired a millionaire, left my grandmother with millions of dollars in real estate and pensions and life insurance that made her a wealthy woman that didn't have to worry about or want for anything until she was passed away last year at 98 years old both of them immigrants from other countries both of them coming here massively disadvantaged they fucking came here hungry the same way this wave of immigrants is going to come here and that's why lazy white dudes better be scared because they're going to come here hungry they're going to come here the jobs that you look at that you don't want the jobs that you think are shit those are the jobs these people light the fuck up for they're like yeah dishwasher i'm in house cleaner i'm in roofer construction worker i'm in blue collar give me that blue collar because they're taking that money they're reinvesting it into themselves into their own families into their own communities they're reinvesting reinvesting because i'll tell you what and you might not like this and your political leanings might be different than mine but i'm just going to give it to you straight those immigrants that want to come here are the real american dream they are the most deserving people to be here much more deserving than probably 50% of the people who are actually here. Entitled, program-sucking, lazy bitches that live off the fat of America and don't contribute back and don't pay taxes and don't work back into the system and complain about everything and have a chip on their shoulder and they're fucking entitled. And meanwhile, you got dudes and ladies coming over here from Mexico, swimming across fucking rivers and climbing over and under fences and risking their lives just to get a chance to be here because they want to be the best fucking dishwasher at your restaurant more than they want anything else in the world. They want to be the best of whatever the fuck they're doing and they don't care what it is because they're here to build something great. They're the ones that are actually going to make America great again because they're going to revitalize our economy with hardworking people who actually still buy into the American dream. They still buy into the opportunity to come here for a better life. They still buy into the opportunity that in America, you can make anything you want happen, right? 
in the black community, you have hundreds of years of that mindset built up. People that started as slaves that just dreamed of being free. And then once they were free, they just dreamed of having equality. And once they had quote unquote on paper equality, they dreamed of having the better life and the money and getting the different things and they strive for it. And that's the real American dream, rising above your own disadvantage and turning it into an advantage. And so that's why when people talk about disadvantage, the very first thing you have to do is you have to recognize it because denying it doesn't make it go away and denying it doesn't make it not true. just means you're a fucking idiot. Accept it, identify it, acknowledge it. But then if you're a person that was born into disadvantage of any kind, what are you going to do with it, right? What are you going to do with your disadvantage? I'm telling you, that's the first thing you have to do is stop thinking about it as a disadvantage and start thinking about it as an advantage. The way that you were raised, the inequality that you may have experienced, the discrimination you may have experienced should vitalize you. It should be your fucking lifeblood. It should be the thing that makes you above all want to strive harder and do better and work harder to get what's rightfully yours, to get your position in this country, on this fucking planet, in society, it should give you drive. And yes, people are going to stand in your way. I can, I can tell you so many times that I was laughed out of offices, that people wouldn't do business with me, that people wouldn't even talk to me because of the way that I look, the way that I talk, the way that I act, because I probably still smelled like poor white trash from two years before the first time I had seven nickels in my pocket and I could walk into a room with a straight face. People still smelled poor white trash on me and they didn't want to work with me. I see my arms covered with tattoos or if I had some freaky colored hair or a weird haircut or the way that I handled myself or the fact that I curse in business meetings, the fact that I'm real all the time, right? The fact that I'm always the real Zach Neal, the fact that I'm always going to be me, no matter what room I'm in, I'm still going to be me. A lot of people didn't like that and I was laughed out of office and people looked down on me and every fucking time they looked down on me, it just made me want to go twice as hard the other direction. It made me want to really fucking go the other way and work twice as hard and keep going. And you know what? They tried to stand in my way. Lots of people tried to stand in my way. I had to compete against people that had fucking MBAs and and fucking, you know, master's degrees and all kinds of different, you know, fucking Ivy League educations. I was competing against them for contracts or jobs or different things. And I beat a lot of those motherfuckers out time after time with an eighth grade education because drive and street smarts and salt baby salt and fire that's what you need and that's what that's what inequality and that's what disadvantage breeds it breeds salt and fire oh man i'm i'm fucking i get fired up just talking about it because that disadvantage breeds champions it breeds fucking champions underdogs always become fucking champions poverty breeds wealth inequality breeds fucking success it breeds power it breeds a different kind of mindset that you just can't get if you're a silver spoon motherfucker. You just don't, you're never going to have that drive, that spark, right? We are the salt of the earth, the underdogs, the people who didn't come up rich, the people who had to try harder, who had to struggle more. Whatever your disadvantage was that you were born into, stop looking at it as a disadvantage right now, today. Just stop look, looking at it that way. Change your mindset. What you have is an advantage. You can be the next fucking Barack Obama. You can be the next Dr. Dre, right? You could be the next Steve Jobs. You could be the next fucking Bill Gates. You could be better than all of them combined. It doesn't matter what your color is. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what your orientation is. It doesn't matter what country you come from. It doesn't matter how old you are. Nobody is pulling your fucking strings. Only if you let them. 
You, you know when you have power over me? When I give you power over me. When I allow your words to affect me. When I allow your actions to affect me. Motherfucker, if you put a cone across the parking space, I'm just going to go to the next parking space. If you put a rope across the road, I'm just going to go around it. You're not going to fucking stop me. You might slightly detour me, but I'm still going to get where I'm headed. And when you have that kind of mindset, you absolutely cannot lose. So I'm telling you today, no matter what you are or where you come from, if you want something, go after it. And do not use disadvantage as a fucking handicap to be an excuse for why you haven't come up why i didn't come up because all the rich kids wouldn't let me play with them and i didn't come up because the white people and i didn't come up because the black people and i i don't want to hear that shit i actually i'll tell you a really quick story before i end this i actually heard a couple years ago a white kid who was trying to rap that was saying his career wouldn't launch because black people wouldn't let him rap (laughs) that he was trying to enter rap battles in new york city and shit because i used to do hip-hop battles in new york and I had this kid come up and tell me this whole story about how he was struggling because he's from Long Island and, you know, black people wouldn't let him get ahead because they didn't take him seriously. And I remember looking him in the face and, and honestly, looked the kid right in the face and I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Dude, you're a white man in America. If you want to rap, go rap. No one's going to stop you. Go, there's like, there's like billions of white people that you can go rap for. Like, if you don't feel accepted by the black community don't go rap in the black community stop entering black hip-hop battles be inventive create fucking hip-hop battles in your own town and invite a bunch of white rappers to rap at it like if that's really your problem you're like such a fucking idiot remember just talking to this kid and being like you're an idiot like nobody's gonna stop you from rapping if you want to rap go rap go do it do you man there's there's a hundred thousand white rappers out there go be one of them if that's what you want to be but he legitimately was trying to say he was disadvantaged because black battle rappers wouldn't let him rap. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And it's also really dumb when I hear people say, insert any disadvantaged excuse here. As long as you have professional track athletes that have no legs competing at national level, when you have people in wheelchairs competing in Olympics, when you have people with no arms and no legs playing sports, when you have a black man being elected as a two-term president, when you have, you know, poor white trash like me rising up and having multi-million dollar companies, what the fuck is your excuse? What disadvantage could you possibly have that's going to hold you back from what you really want in your heart? Don't make excuses. Just go fucking eye on the prize. Go get it. If you like the shit I'm talking about, follow me on all social media at the real zach neal if you think i'm full of shit drop me a dm and tell me to go fuck myself if you like what i'm saying drop me a dm and tell me you like it i love to hear from you guys i i fuel off of the energy you guys provide back if you like the podcast share it with a friend i like to communicate on instagram i'm old school like that i don't like to check email because i get five thousand of them a week no thank you if you want to hit me up i promise you dm me on instagram i will respond at the real zach neal Until next time, my friends, your disadvantage is your absolute advantage. See ya.